0: Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and other light topics such as the value and meaning of faith. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership.
1: And I'm Kendall Miller. My life goals and all of my thinking were shaped by a very healthy reading of (laughs) Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God in 10th grade.
0: (laughs) Uh, today on the show, we're talking with Luke Stevens, engineering manager at Wayfair, and um, we're going to talk about something slightly different today. We uh, we've all had some great conversations with one another about religion and faith in general, and we thought we would go that direction. So, let's start, Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi. Sorry, like, <laughs> yeah,
1: didn't let you even welcome. say
0: hello before diving into this. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited about this conversation. Um. Well-
1: Well, I want to just say like, yeah, this is a thing that the three of us have all talked about at different times. Uh, We all come from a very specific evangelical background that's actually in a lot of ways very similar. I think we are all in a different spot and we'll get to that in just a second. But I think, and the reason we're having this conversation about religion, our religious background is, I think we all have authority issues as a result of some of our background and religious. uh, (laughs) I see what you did there. Wow. I, I mean, I don't want to brag, but uh tying this <laughs> together is why we get paid so much for this podcast. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and and dive in and and just, just give a brief background, you know, a couple minutes of, you know, where you grew up, uh, sort of how your faith has evolved, if you have any remaining, and where you are today, and um then we can start to go from there as to how that specific baggage makes us such. Delightful people.
0: <laughs> Were you born in a baptismal font? That's what I want to know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was. I was raised by lumberjacks and cult leaders, um, or or descendants oh. thereof. Uh, yeah, so I'm from uh, kind of a, a rural bit of Maine, not too far out of Portland, but far enough because you get 20 minutes from Portland and you're in the woods. Uh, but I grew up in, in rural Maine. I was actually born in Western Massachusetts on a uh, on a church campus that is now a Shakespearean uh, theater residency. If you're ever out in Lenox,
1: it's a great area. Um, Wait, you were born but- on a church campus? Yeah. Well... Adjacent. See literally, yeah. about literally. Like, wait, there was yeah. yeah, there was there was a hospital on this campus No, it was a was, home birth and your mom like fled to the no, sanctuary. No, we were at the earth? hospital down
2: the street, to be clear. Okay. But um okay. but, but it was sort of a church campus where we were living at the time. Uh yeah, so my uh my grandfather was a, a church organization leader of um of some reputation. Uh, it's a long story. We were on, he was, he was on 60 minutes in the eighties. It was very exciting um, mm-hmm. for, for shenanigans and, and bullshittery and whatever. Oh, is this a swearing show?
1: Yes. Yeah, you can swear.
2: Yeah. Yes. Notice how quickly
0: show. I said that. Absolutely. You can't yes. talk
2: about religion without you swearing. <laughs> swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I was I was raised in a, in a very conservative, uh, white, conservative, evangelical, Christian upbringing. I tend to run all those words together because I think when a lot of people, similar to me demographically, talk about religion, we're all just talking about white, American, Christian, evangelical, whatever, mm. Protestantism. Yeah. Uh, and I think the three of us are probably tend to have, have a lot in common in some of those overlaps um nonetheless i was raised there we moved back to maine which is where my parents were from uh and i grew up in a um in a pretty conservative baptist church uh, my parents run a diner they still own it uh, up in maine and so i grew up learning about kind of leadership and management stuff watching my parents run a restaurant and watching the way they, they treated people and the way that they they took care of their employees things like that uh, spent my late teens and 20s um went to a two year uh technical college uh, to do some computer stuff. And I sort of half-assed a technical career for most of my <laughs> 20s while I spent all my time volunteering in a church. And my goal was to become a church planter in a, a association of churches that was really big in um, sort of being startup and sending out people to start new churches in different towns and cities all over the country, um, mostly white, mostly suburban, Christian, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, uh, and so I kind of went hard at that as like, I only need to do tech stuff for like four or five years until I can sort of start my church and then get that up and running and just be with a whole bunch of other cool white 20 some things doing like hipster church. Like uh, a church
0: premiere. So- a what a church preneur, like yeah, you're gonna sure. do this serially or just one?
2: Uh, I think if you're really good, you do them serially. Everyone oh. knows the real, the real, the real church planners, the real cool ones, they become experts or they become sending churches where you start one and then you incubate and you send off other groups. This but the, totally um,
0: like startups, wow, oh, yeah, okay, anyway, yeah, great. yeah,
2: it's very, oh, yeah. yeah. Every, all, all the cool church pastors read Fast Company. Um, i'm not even joking that's a real thing you can't
1: you that can't send crazy. out people that look different from you you can't start a church that looks different from yours it literally needs to be basically identical or the people who left are sinners and should be Sorry, well, keep going. yeah
2: it's complex right um,
1: but, uh, <laughs> sarcastic much <laughs> um,
2: i'm trying to not go down every road of critique about the whole yeah. process oh, yeah, about, no, we got about my that. my misspent good. 20s <laughs> Uh, nonetheless. Yeah. So I, I actually, um, was planning on getting out of tech as soon as possible and going into uh church work tech, and then-
1: tech was your, it was, this was the thing that was going to like you were going to make money in tech so that yes. you could go be a church leader. Like that's, yes, that's fascinating. So when I got Sorry, my like going.
2: second or third raise in my first kind of long running tech job, we, we lived in Philadelphia for a while. I worked at a, at a hospital ER doing software for them and, I got a raise and I was making some amount of money. We just said, you know, so I was making like $60,000, you know, four years uh, into my career. And I mm-hmm. said to my wife, we're never going to make this much money again. This is amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's,
2: it's like, this is it. Like you better, we better go out to eat right now because this is about <laughs> yeah. as good as it gets. Oh, my Earnings potential. Yeah. And so, um, in our late twenties into 30, um, a bunch of long stories happened. We ended up deciding not to do that. Uh, we ended up moving to Boston. We were part of a church community here for quite a while. I've always, I was always very involved in sort of like some of the leadership stuff, a bunch of the music stuff. I did church music for the last 20 some odd years up until a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. And so I kind of stopped trying to do that maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And then into my, um, I worked at Berkeley College of Music for seven and a half years, something in the middle of my thirties. Um, and I once I realized that the church thing was not happening, not only that, I didn't actually want it to happen (laughs) to be Mm -hmm. specific. Once I was no longer pursuing that as a goal and I was doing some, you know, PHP and JavaScript development, I was like, well, I learned a lot about leadership. Actually i mentored with a lot of leaders. You know, these little small churches are essentially volunteer orgs with one paid staff person trying to convince a bunch of people to show up early on Sundays and set up chairs and run sound equipment and all that sort of stuff. Crazy, right? So I had picked up a ton of management and leadership stuff. um, Some formally through classes I took through churches and different Organizations and some just informally through having a bunch of really committed and and uh, and good mentors for that sort of stuff. So I started applying that into work, and within two years, kind of became a manager in the place where I was working, and sort of built my tech leadership career off a lot of that stuff.
0: Okay, can we can we go back? Sorry, yeah. You you kind of glossed over that. Oh, we decided not to do that. Are you? What happened? Why aren't you a pastor now?
1: Yeah, t- uh, and talk talk about where you stand in your faith or or lack thereof today.
2: Sure. I mean, this gets into a little bit of like therapy work, but but we can do it. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. So so there's a and and I'm I'm intentionally being cautious about like specific groups and organizations that shall remain nameless except for anyone who ever knows me at all. I'll tell them. Um <laughs> I'll name them all. Yeah, you, you you know them. You know them. Uh but essentially, we we hit a kind of inflection point where we were ready to go. We had stuff in storage in Providence, Rhode Island, and we had talked like, to this like this is you Vir- and your
0: your partner, my wife, my wife. wife and I.
2: Yeah, yeah, my uh, yeah, wife Bridget and I. We were like, and uh, we had two kids at the time. We have four now. Um, uh, there's not a lot of things you can do when you're stressed out waiting to play in a church. So we ended up having four kids. Um, <laughs> populating we, the church. <laughs> we had things. We had moved out of our Philadelphia home into Providence, Rhode Island. We were in Maine, staying at my parents' house. Sort of waiting for like the senior leadership powers that be to sort of sign off on this is a good plan, and we and you are good people, and we will release you into the world to do this, and you can have our brand name on your sign, right? Like because we want to be a part of this association, so you need a certain amount of buy-in, um, and we didn't get that buy-in surprisingly, um, despite years of kind of talking to senior people around the country about this thing the kind of hyper local group near us who was responsible for signing off. They're like, no, we don't get it. We don't get what you're trying to do. They were a little more older. they were a little more conservative, a little more this or that, but they, um, I think we've shorthanded this after telling the story for 10 years is we didn't really feel seen in that moment where they're like, wait, who are you and and what are you doing and why? And they asked us to just not do it for a couple of years. Um, And during that process, it was, um, it was challenging enough because it was like, I'm, Turning thirty at the time, this is sort of all I've been trying to do since I was eighteen, and to just go like, "No, nah, we don't, we don't think you're it, uh, or at least not now." Um, like I could have become a surgeon in that much time, you know? Like there, mm-hmm. I had a lot Found of a medical yeah. school, yeah, right, yeah. Um, and somewhere in the middle there, it kind of in my own personal work and taking long walks in the woods, I realized like, oh, this was a really complicated scheme for you to get like approval from other senior men in leadership, and for them to tell you that you're good and valuable. And like how much of that is the end game? And I was like, shit. Oh man, that was a whole that was a that was, um, to coin a phrase, a walk to remember. Um, (laughs) Um yeah, where I just realized that, you know, kind of examining our own motives was like, Yeah, how much of this is because in our social community. Uh, and in our, in our, in our circle, this is how you kind of get meaning or how you become important is to become a leader, become the boss. And certainly plenty of parallels to draw for people who are already bored of this. Cause they don't want to talk about religion, but how, if you've ever worked in an organization that is entirely kind of promotion and ladder climbing focus, rather than focused on caring about the work they're doing or mastery or doing good work, it is easy to create a toxic environment, right? Where you're like, but, but how do I know that I'm a good person and that I matter and that I have meaning? If I'm not getting this affirmation externally, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, so some of that's authority and patriarchy, right? Because in a patriarchy, because uh, as a man, it is my job to be powerful and in charge. That is oh, my God-given right, you know. So there's a bit of that which took me ten more years to deconstruct. After that, I I wouldn't have had language for this twelve years ago. But there's the sort of isn't this what I've been put on Earth to do? Is to sort of rule, right, and to help people and to be. The, everybody's daddy um mm-hmm. as a way of working out my own daddy issues. Uh go ahead. So you Kendall. were
0: socialized well, to to yeah. this far. Anyway, okay. Sorry, Kendall. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, so so today, this is still all stuff you believe and you wish you were out uh, planting a church and instead you're stuck being an engineering manager at Wayfair? Or uh, you know, I mean, are you pleased because at least you get to sell pulpits as a part of your work today? Or what <laughs> is um, you know, where do you stand? Sure. Yeah. So um
2: yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we have- <laughs> Put yourself in a box, damn it. Right, right, exactly. Um, no, I would say part of the the unraveling or, or re-raveling, depending on how you look at it, of our own kind of personal, the faith side of that journey, that's sort of like the logistics and career path side of this journey. The personal journey for the last 10 or 12 years has been, well, if we're not in it for this, like thing that we thought was going to give our life meaning and purpose right like if we could just get the right job if we could get the right calling then our lives would matter and would make sense to us and then the world wouldn't seem unknowable and you know the the uh, the looming specter of death wouldn't seem so near if we at least had some purpose so spending the next 10 years kind of divorced from that meaning giving thing uh requires a bit of detox right a way of like rethinking about how you exist in the world um for me i should i should speak more personally uh required for me a detox and how I thought about myself in the world and what am I doing that I think has value what am I what is the meaning of life what is the purpose of doing these things um and I would say on the on the theological end we've moved a good ways away from the white conservative evangelical American etc uh faith
1: you're no longer white uh we're faith. exactly
2: really <laughs>
0: You're gonna have to grow a lot more of a beard to cover the rest of your face. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. It Doesn't grow, um, all yeah. Right. Okay. On your cheeks. Um, and, yeah. and so, would you, would you, would you identify as a evangelical Christian today? I do not know. Um, so, my my goal was
2: uh, a few years ago when I realized that I was I was feeling myself I was feeling tied, sort of carry away from a lot of the beliefs that I had grown up with. Um, and a few things that went into that process. A lot of it was politics, right? Because I think. Mm-hmm. I think that type of Christianity that I keep adding all the words to comes really packed for uh, 73% of white voters in the last presidential election who were, who identified as that type of Christian of
0: baggage. Yeah. It's
2: all conservative, right? It is, it is highly conservative. Um, so a lot of it was politics that were challenging me being raised Republican voting um, conservatively in my whole life is to go like, I don't, I don't actually know now that I'm, now that I'm not just doing what I'm told is the right thing to do as an aspiring church leader. Or, I'm starting to think approval. for myself, Correct. Yeah. Then, yeah, so I think po- politics was part of it. Although I will say the faith community that we've been a part of at different times here in Boston is great in that regard. They are they are a church that I would recommend to anyone at this time. So I know that not all churches, hashtag, etc. Um, but politics is where it started for me was just to go like, oh, there's a whole different way of looking at the world. Right. And then mm-hmm. the um, the choice I used to describe as having to choose between being right and being good. Uh, right. Which is to say, like the the official church position on homosexuality, on this, on that, on on whatever, um, doesn't feel morally good to me anymore now that I'm actually being more critical of it. And I have to choose between believing the right things or doing like or sort of having a conscience or listening to that conscience and wanting to interact with people in a way that feels loving and and kind to me.
0: So you're you're now forming your own opinions about what is right, what is moral versus listening to the rules that are coming down to you. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. For sure. And that's yeah. like a whole new thing that you've been doing for the last 10 years.
2: Yeah, I would start in our 20s because as we moved to Philadelphia, we had a lot of friends from a much more diverse crowd. You know, we lived we moved away from home and we heard a lot of different viewpoints. So that journey had started way back in our church days. But I would say politics has been one of the things that's that's moved us away from church. And I think a lot of like the so the brand of Christianity that I grew up with is going to be a lot more conservative than what some people are used to but the like mm-hmm. the earth is 7000 years old dinosaurs are what a of, hoax created by the atheists too. to yes. keep okay yeah so you get like to to trick you into not believing in god right and then you know one day you're 18 and you're outside looking at stars and you think so if the light from those stars takes 10 million years to get here, God must have made the stars and then take some of the light and brought it very close yeah, so exciting. that it would get here right now. Like the intellectual work you have to do mm-hmm. to sort of protect your beliefs is a, is actually, it's expensive and it's, it's tiring, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, as you get older, you just start going like, yeah, forget that. Like, let's just allow dinosaurs to be a thing. Let's it just say maybe no the light like, does take yeah. 10. But like, right? you eventually just go like, it's not worth defending those things anymore.
1: There's mm-hmm. some significant parallels to religious beliefs around Jira and DevOps here that uh, I'm not going <laughs> to make. But, we uh, are uh, right.
0: not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have, okay, okay, have well, fit it.
1: Well, so put that on pause and Rachel, you have to give us a more truncated version because Luke's took a while, but tell us your background Please and how you that. got to where you are today. No, it's good. I'm glad he took a while. It was it was, okay. it was helpful.
0: So um, uh, some of you may already know this. I am not a US citizen. I moved to the US when I was 11 years old. Um, my whole family moved. Motorola, my dad's company, moved us um, and we uh, we sort of started from very little at that point. Uh, And I don't remember having any significant religious uh, education before that, other than, like, I knew what church was. I don't even remember going to church before then. Um, But I, you know, I I kind of had this general idea. I read a lot of books. I read a lot when I was a little kid. Uh, We moved to the U.S. and my mother, uh, we moved to Arizona. We moved to uh, Chandler, Arizona, which is sort of in the general Phoenix suburbs area. Um, My mother became involved in a church, and at that age, I didn't know anything about how she did. She met some people. She went to church. It was a fundamentalist Baptist church in Mesa, Arizona. And um, so she started taking me. My dad claims he's an an atheist, and he has claimed this his entire life. Uh, I think he's an agnostic, because I don't think it's really possible to be a full atheist. But um, he never went with us. He was never part of it. He was never uh he never said anything bad about it either he was like it's fine it's what you want to do so my mom took me and my brothers to church to tri-city baptist church in mesa arizona and um i developed a similar kind of thing where i was looking for approval i was a smart kid i did a lot of reading i picked up on a lot of stuff pretty quickly have had a pretty high level of emotional intelligence for a kid that age um and the there was a lot of um you are a sinner and you need to uh, accept jesus christ into your heart to be saved and i tried really hard to do that for a long time i I carried a great deal of guilt for not fully being able to believe that even at a young age Uh, as a young teenager i did go forward and you know take the sacrament and and uh became saved for want of a better word and i tried really hard i was a sunday school teacher And it never really felt real to me that entire time. uh, I spent a long time, like, what is wrong with me? Why am I not able to believe this? Um, And I I went through, I was the only person in my church who didn't go to the church school. I went to public school in Arizona in high school. And uh, and that was was, really weird for me.
1: How was your parents' first mistake? That's so letting if me. You had just gone. gone I mean, school. you can't be exposed to such ideas. And sorry, keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that and I was allowed to read almost anything as well. That was another problem oh. that my parents my mother, Harry didn't Potter. Actually, that's. Oh, uh, that okay. was way later. I'm, Do you know I'm, how old I, know. I am, Kendall?
1: I know. I'm, I'm making a joke. That's. that's I know. <laughs> 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 uh.
0: So. So yeah, I um. I uh, tried real hard. I was a Sunday school teacher. I uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was wrong. Um, And then I went to college, which was a whole thing. I wasn't actually supposed to go to college. I was supposed to be uh, married to the um, son of some friends of my parents. (laughs) And a lot of stuff went down with that.
1: they had laid out that this was some of the expectation
0: not quite an arranged marriage, but it was pretty close uh, and well, they, you a know, strongly
2: suggested marriage.
0: Yeah. And you know, I was like, fine, I guess, you know, and then I went uh, to uh, my high school guidance counselor, which I wouldn't have had if I didn't go to, if I had gone to the Christian school, I wouldn't have had this person be like, what do you mean you're not going to college? What the hell is wrong with you? Um, and suggested hmm. I go for a semester. I went to college and I didn't go back, I didn't go home. I essentially had to run away from home to go to my second semester of college. Oh. Uh, and uh, at the beginning of that, I tried hard to, I was still trying to make this work. Uh, I, uh, I went to a couple of different kinds of churches to see if I could fit in there. Maybe you know something less uh, evangelical would be good for me. I went to a Methodist church for a little while, but... Um, it just, I could never believe it. And so ultimately I ended up deciding, hmm, I'm, I'm not exactly an atheist. I'm like an atheist minus. Like, I don't think it's actually possible to prove that there's no God. Uh, maybe there's some power in the universe that we're not really aware of, fine. Why would they even give a shit about us? You know, like we're just another set of creatures on another planet, completely unimportant. So that's kind of where I arrived. Uh, but I learned, you know, I still, it's still useful to follow a lot of precepts that religious set down for us. They're useful um, to, to have communities working together, those kinds of things. So I um, have a lot of respect for the strength of faith people have. I just think sometimes it's misplaced. <laughs> and that's where, where I am where, now.
1: Where do you think it should be placed?
0: I think it should be placed more in the community, more in one another. And I'm not actually having a hard time with uh, not having feelings of just general, like humans are shit and deserve to be erased from this planet right now. I think a lot of people are having issues with faith in other people and themselves, to be honest. Like, we're all, we all deserve what's happening to us. But this whole concept of deserve is, you know, another, like, if I didn't have a religious background, what would I, would I understand what deserve means?
2: Yeah, um, Calvinists anyway. are feeling pretty smug right now. They're like, we've been <laughs> telling, we've been telling you from the beginning, total depravity. It is, it is <laughs> no
0: good. So why would well, bother? And... Why would God bother with us? Why?
2: Right. <laughs> Rachel, anyway. I, I like the thing you said earlier about. Whether you can prove there's no God, I think when I when I realized I was kind of moving away from a lot of my my original faith, and I currently don't tend to think of God in the way of of a person. I think we, I actually also think that people's individual beliefs are like hearing people's dreams. They're kind of the most boring thing about a person, except for how they help them move through the world. And so I'm I'm I think there's there's a lot there you can sort of unpack and becomes just minutiae, which doesn't matter at all. But I, I had an early goal of. I never want to become one of those professional atheists. Cause I think those people are just as much smug assholes as, as fundamentalists, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're Dawkins or you're, you know, kind of even from the, on the, the comedy side of the sort of people who go like, isn't it so stupid to believe in stuff? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. People believe what they want. I don't actually think people choose what they believe very often. Anyway, it's such a product of where they come from. I don't think your beliefs are a thing you always choose. I think you can manipulate them and choose away from them with some intention, but you, you didn't choose to be raised where you were raised, right? You didn't choose to Mm -hmm. have those experiences when you were younger. Socialize
0: the way you are. Yeah, Yeah. right.
2: So like it takes effort to move away from beliefs. Um, But you know, if I was born in a different country, I wouldn't have had the same American evangelical upbringing. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, even even in evangelicalism, I think people's personality tends them towards certain denominations and theological beliefs. I, I mean, my... Very, you know, I, I have very few highly charismatic people, uh, very few highly charismatic friends that are involved in denominations that are very anti charisma uh, and the other way around. And I, you know, like I'm I'm more and more amused by that as I start older, selecting. Seeing- Yeah. Yeah, There's the chicken or the
2: egg problem, right? Like, are you from a judgmental religion or are you judgmental? And so you like those people.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, Mm. there's something there. I mean, Rachel, I want to poke a little bit at, you said faith should be in the community and uh, the people around us. And what the fuck, what the fuck about American culture right now makes you feel that way? (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow, that's a serious poking right there. Um, so, I, I, and, and I said that should be, right? I, I, I think we should try really hard to have faith in our community, to build communities that that work together to support themselves. But uh, right now, I don't know. I, the, right now, community is like whether you're wearing a mask to protect other people, right, For, in the pandemic. It's not... Sure. <sighs> It's not whether. Uh, anyway, I, I'm having a hard time kind of getting my mind around an answer for this. But
1: no, it's okay. I'm I'm more giving you a hard time on it. I mean, I do. I, I like that belief. I'm just also extremely pessimistic about oh, our society yeah. right now, and that's like I I understand what you're saying, and I'm totally poking at that yeah. because I, I'm I like,
0: vacillate a lot between yeah. the like, ah, oh, I, I love my friends. I love the world. People are great. I, um, you know, everything's super interesting. Uh, we can work together and solve problems. And then, at the moment, no, fuck it. We we deserve an asteroid. Let's let's yeah. let's be hit with a Let's meteor strike. Let's do it. Yeah, this is the uh, most
2: important part of a religious discussion. To me, the most interesting part for me personally is this, which is if you separate out faith from beliefs, you have beliefs. I have beliefs. Do you think of God as a person or not? Do You think of God as a dude or not a dude or just a mind map of like all of our best intentions and projections or whatever or as the process of evolution different. It's not even that interesting. It's fan fiction at best, but like, (laughs) do you have faith that there are things in life that are worth caring about and engaging in or trying to make Mm -hmm. the world better or that you can't Mm -hmm. actually make the world better, that people are worth working hard to love and to take care of, or that we can make society better than it is now. Faith apart from beliefs is super interesting and like a very engaging topic, right? Mm -hmm. But like us describing our different gods differently is like, you know, favorite ice cream. It's a short conversation really.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I, I faith is, and my faith is shook at the moment as the kids yeah. say. All right. And so yeah. um, Kendall, I want to, I want you to talk through your sure. background because it's also super interesting and, and uh, varied.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll try to be brief so that we have time for some of these other topics too. But um, so I grew up in a uh, Christian home. Um, you know, I, from the youngest age, I remember coming down the stairs in the morning and my dad was crouched over the couch, praying and reading his Bible, uh, every morning. Um, when there was big life decisions about where to move, what to do, my parents would fast for three days and pray. And, um, it was something that, well, it was something that I knew, they really believed this, right? Like I know a lot of people who grew up going to church and kind of reject their faith because their parents are just like, well, we yeah. go to church and that's it. And there's no, you know, but it was very much a part of my upbringing. Like this is something we genuinely believe we integrated into everything we do. Uh, th- you know, we were involved in churches growing up. Um, my parents were involved as lay people. There was all kinds of good and terrible therein, you know, including, you uh, Well, I don't need to get into specifics. Lots of betrayal. I mean, even when when I was involved in ministry, I was told by somebody, hey, it's never a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You will at some point be stabbed in the back by somebody in ministry. It happened everyone.
0: People are the problem.
1: Well, and... And there's so many motivators that are different from, you know, in a um, – stabbing in the back happens in for-profit industry. But when you're talking about nonprofit or religious organizations, you're not held together because you're being paid or because you're being measured on a efficacy. You're being held together by a whole bunch of other strange incentives that turn on – Social contract. On, yeah, and turn turn in unusual ways against one another. So um, –
0: Does that we, make it worse? Sorry. Does it make it worse when you're stabbed in the back in that scenario? Do you think? Like, it's not because of money. It's not because of these uh, superficial concerns. It's about, it means someone's deeply choosing to d- betray you.
1: I mean, there's just there's just so many weird incentives, around, you know, the things that I've heard in in my Christian life are like, oh well, I didn't, I you know, I I wasn't actually your best friend. You thought I was your best friend, but uh, I was just using you because you were useful to me, and now you're not, and I would like you to go away and stop being around me. Or, um, you know, what sin is there in your life that's causing these bad things to happen to you, and and why do you think you haven't sorted through those, and how do you, you know? I mean, like the amount of. The number of times that in my life the Bible has been opened and used to curse people so outweighs the number of times (sighs) it's been opened and blessed people that as a person who, and I still buy the premise, I'm still very much, you know, I'd call myself a believer and I'll get into some Mm -hmm. of the details here, but it's difficult for me to this day to open the Bible and read it without feeling cursed because it's been used that way so many times. And I wrestle as a father trying to raise my kids in this with like, how, how do I... How, how do you read the Bible and not feel cursed by it? Uh, yeah. or not feel judgmental of your friends? And it's a, I you know, I don't know. Um, anyways, so then, uh, I moved to the Middle East when I was in seventh grade. Uh, being surrounded by kids who literally beat me up because I was American every day was an unusual experience for me. That's when I really went home and started reading the Bible every night and like, do I actually believe this or is this just something my parents believe? And does this give me any guidance in life? And uh, started to find things that I thought really did impact my day to day. That's what I would really count as. That's when I became a believer. Um, After college, I did, you know, I moved to China for 10 years. I worked for a religious organization um, and all the things in. I mean, I got interesting leadership experience. At, at 22, I was put in charge of a team. I don't think that would have happened in a lot of other organizations, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and let 20... me interrupt for
0: a second. You can go back and listen to Kendall's interview episode further back in uh, on this podcast sure. to hear a bit more about this particular scenario. But anyway, yeah. let's carry on.
1: I mean, at 24, I was recruiting and training teams and, you know, I had a lot of opportunity as a white person that is extremely privileged in China where people who I tremendously respected and were 50 years my senior would sit down and say, teach me something because you're American, right? So like that had a significant impact on me. Anyways, moving back to the States after 10 years there and really wrestling, what are the things about this faith that I really believe? And what are the things about this faith or the way that it's practiced in China that I think are just... Purely Chinese and not in any way related to Christianity, and then coming back to America and seeing, holy shit, everything I believed about this religion—basically my whole life—is actually American cultural bullshit and not <laughs> tied to in any meaningful way this religion. I mean, there are things that are, but the the way that I think the vast majority of it's practiced is very divorced. And I, ha- you know, I don't go to church. I don't have patience for it. Um, I've tried. I've been to a billion churches, but I I do. I would say a couple of things. One, I do buy the premise that there is a God. I do buy the premise that Jesus is connected to this. You know, all these different things. I think a, probably of a more literal interpretation mm-hmm. of this than most people do. If Adam wasn't a physical person and we evolved from apes, my religion is in no way challenged by that because I buy the premise. If God is actually universal consciousness and not a white bearded person in heaven who throws down lightning bolts when he's grumpy... My faith is no way challenged by that. You know, I, I feel like these are minutia of the specifics that don't really threaten me. But right. I do think that uh, it, it is a thing that that informs my day to day. And I also want to say, I feel like I need to say. I know people think I'm batshit crazy. And I've said, you know, <laughs> Rachel, you've said to me, like, how the hell do you believe this? And I'm like, hey, look, there's people who believe there's there's people who call themselves Christians of other sects or other religions that I think believing that shit is absolutely crazy. And so I know when people think I'm nuts, they're like, How can anyone believe that? I know exactly how you feel because I feel that way about other people too. I'm so.
0: curious though. So you you've described, you know, you've you've kind of dialed it way back from is it necessary for it to have been Jesus in the manger, et cetera, et cetera. But how do you leverage your faith if you literally believe there's a being of some kind uh, that is there to potentially, I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but that is there to help you that may advise you or give you something to use when you're trying to make a decision, for example, like, how do you leverage that in your current status?
1: So, so actually, there's—I mean, gosh, there's a whole, whole, whole bunch to say about this. Like, um,
0: we may have to go over. Hopefully, that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I have to run out at the bottom of this hour, oh, but no. um, there's, you know. What, so so, what is God? Is God a person in heaven that when we pray, hears us and responds and interacts, you know, reaches down and grabs Luke and turns him around because I'm saying, God, I don't like what Luke's doing. Like the Change little it, guy right? in the
0: Google Street View. Like,
1: boop. Right. I mean, that way. you know, there's the, you know, the the line about rejecting God because he wouldn't play Santa Claus for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, then then there's like, is prayer a thing that matters because it's just meditation, or are we somehow, you know, the the, the science behind um, matter and consciousness is really interesting to me, and and you know, do things change when we pray because we're all somehow connected through universal matter, or you know, like I, I don't have a clue. network.
0: Let's watch. Yeah, Discovery. I don't have a
1: clue how that stuff works. Do I pray? Yeah, I pray, and I I do believe there's some some kind of God that does interact with the world in a meaningful way. Uh-huh. Um, I think that I've seen too much to deny some of that. Um, but, okay. uh, but, you know,
0: So you, you're, you're pretty sure it's not, you know, like, you know, how a lot of people get a lot of value out of rubber ducking, right? Rubber ducking is a situation where you, you sit there and you, you talk through the problem you're having or what, how you're trying to solve a problem and someone else is just there to have a, to be a target for you talking through your problem. And that helps you work it out if you just, you know write it down or talk it through it's not you're, you're finding there's something further that you're getting out of your uh prayer than that kind of thing
1: uh yeah I do believe that so okay. so if so you know to, to to go back to this again I buy this premise right mm-hmm. that there is a God that he cares about us that he interacts with us um honestly you remove the interacts with us part it it doesn't really challenge my faith like do I believe there's a personal God that actually cares about us yes if I'm wrong about that okay you know like that's not. It's mm-hmm. not so that's not part of the foundation so much that I feel like the rest of it caves in.
2: Okay. Um, I think that's one of the super interesting things, right? Is like, what happens if you're wrong? Does it matter? Does, if things change, if, if I change one of your tenets, does your religion fall apart? Do you have to have like a life shattering or a life altering kind of perception? And I think like the thing that gets you is certainty, right? Is this need right. to say like, we have understood it and this is the exact way. And that's why we know that it's okay to, do this thing but not to do that thing it's not okay to play dungeons right. and dragons and it's not okay to dance because that leads to mixed bathing right and so like <laughs> right but because it's it's the certainty that's the mind killer i think and i think this has a ton of leadership application and does influence a lot of the way that i lead and coach managers and leaders yeah. um which is to be like but are you sure and what's and what if you're wrong and so to hear you say mm-hmm. yeah maybe not that to me is like the beginning of all wisdom. Like this is a useful way of thinking about the world and interacting with it. And maybe some parts of it aren't exactly the way I describe them, but I probably wouldn't change my life if I found out that that was true.
1: Well, and that's been a big part of, I think for me, the last couple of years since I've been back in America in particular is deconstructing what I'm realizing was a very American view of faith, like more culturally American than I think it was actually Christian and realizing there are very smart people that have thought about all of these issues and come to different conclusions than me. And like, they're a lot smarter than me. And, you know, if you want to take Christianity and justify Women should never wear pants. There are people out there who do that. Right? Frangie, do way, that. pants
0: do suck. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> work from home. Uh, you know, other options aside. Yeah, but and, I mean, there's people who can who can take the same text and say this is how a loving God was applying these things. It, it just seems obvious to me that love is so foundational to it that that there's foolishness and swinging it the other ways. But again, I've, I've seen it used to curse people so much more than to bless them. And, and I think on the leadership side, you know, like Luke's saying, the, there's the dogma as a leader that that can just kill you, you know. Well, no, it has to be done this way or it's wrong. I read a book and it told me that this is the way to do it. And oh, my goodness, how, how dare you question, you know, the patron saint of agile or whatever it's going to be. But like, I think one of the most interesting things for me was the the Christian preaching on servant leadership and how poorly it was played out in religious organizations and how frequently I see it played out in for-profit organizations and like,
0: yeah, it's the human aspect of this that is fucking it up. It's not necessarily the religion, the faith aspect of it. Although I do have, um, I have sort of very vague, fuzzy questions around like, do people believe in a higher power to sort of, uh, remove themselves from responsibility for certain things to uh, not have to come up with a reason to be alive and continue to function at times like this? Uh, Do you think that's something that's helping you right now more than uh, that would that that would be it would be a lot harder for you if you didn't have your faith to to focus on when everyone around us seems to be behaving poorly, behaving selfishly, you know, those kinds of things? Um, it was kind of a very vague question, but that is something that I think is the case for a lot of folks who, are, who don't examine their faith. They just have faith. They, ha- they believe in a God because they don't want to have to believe in the alternative uh, or, or have to have faith in themselves.
2: Yeah, um, I've run I've run into conversations with folks during my kind of process in my late 30s of moving away from, from a literalist faith reading of Christian faith and deconstruction is the hip term that all the cool kids talk about. And if you're interested in that topic, there's a bajillion podcasts. Most of them are probably bad. But um <coughs> when podcasts you start when you most podcasts are bad, just like most people are bad, and that's probably why. But when you start saying to your friends who you share a faith background with, Yeah, I mean, if there even is a God. It is a it is a conversation killer, right? <laughs> See, turns out, or I said, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that I have as literalist a view of such and such a thing as I used to. And I had somebody go like, well, you know, my my 93 year old mom who's about to die, if she's not going to heaven in the way that we believe she is, that's gonna be devastating to my whole family and to all of us. I'm like, oh man, right. it sucks that you're in that position. I'm sorry. It's so, like you learn not to say that stuff to certain people mm-hmm. at certain times, and it changes who you can feel like you can share openly about you lose people like you lose friends you're not as close to because they are not ready to have that challenge they're like no if you change any of these agreements about all how the come world down. Yeah like our whole sense of worth and sense of self is rooted in specific beliefs
0: It really um, feels like that experience you had when you had that walk to remember it's like it's the kind of experience people talk about when they've taken a bunch of mushrooms you know like it's you had a really transformational psychedelic inside your own brain kind of experience. I'm super curious about like was there did something push that off? Like did it was so you had this you you had this job lined up you realized they're they're actually not there to support you. They're not going to have you fulfill this dream, this this project you've had going since you were in your teens. Was there a? Did you have a psychic break of some kind? Was it really serious in that way? Um, to dial way back to the beginning of yeah, this. Yeah, I, I mean, about that. I was
2: miserable for the year leading up to that, and I was I was just not in a good place. And and there's there's too many different, you know, different relational things. As we left one church, kind of in some conflict, we did a little bit of interim pastoring of another church where we helped some run a church part time, and I was burnt out. We had a had a two-year-old and a newborn or something. And I was working two jobs and I was preaching every Sunday at this one church for a while. And then we left there and we weren't going to church. And so I was not in a good way for a lot of like mental and physical (laughs) reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet I had in that time, a handful of experiences where like a really long walk by yourself, you eventually run out of thoughts to think, right? You have all the arguments with yourself over and over and over again. Then you just sort of run out and you like, there's no more thread on the spool and you're like, I don't know. Like, that's it. That's all I got. And then, and then you arrive for me. Then I arrive at like empty space, but it takes a lot mm-hmm. of unspooling to get to empty space for me. I have, a, I have an mm-hmm. active mind. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so when I get to the empty space, all of a sudden it's was like, it's all I got. I got nothing else. And, and you can call that prayer. Like, was that me talking to God for like a five, 10 mile walk? perhaps like I'm, I'm comfortable with that framing to say, Mm -hmm. I've said all the things into the universe that I can think to say, and I have finally stopped talking enough that I can listen. Right. Right. You just get it out.
0: That's a big like Christian. Absolutely. Fill me up with your spirit. Oh
2: Lord. You can frame that any way you want. And I'm comfortable with any of those because Mm -hmm. I actually, I said, I I don't actually think that beliefs matter. So I'm okay with framing it in a a Christian way. And that's where I was at the time. Um, And I was like, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, I just wanted someone to think I was good. Mm-hmm. God, that'll fuck you up. Like that was... Uh... Eh. <laughs> All I
0: <laughs> want was validation.
2: Right. Yeah. And like, but it took me so, it took me a couple of years of being miserable and then uh, and then some major conflicts to get there. And mm-hmm. could I have done it better with a therapist? Yeah, probably. Um, mm-hmm. Did I pray <laughs> my way out of it? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, but
0: would it be real? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> does, it,
2: does it matter? You know, I, I was yeah. taking a—I think I've, I've told the story uh, to Kendall before, but I was taking a martial arts course for health and fitness, whatever. And this guy's like, you know, you do this and meridians and the chi flows and the chi does this thing or whatever. And the middle of this like deep stretch, and it's mostly yoga, but he was he goes, I mean, it's just a concept. Don't worry about it. And we just kept stretching <laughs> in the middle of this whole explanation of like, you know, how I had to unblock my meridians or whatever. <laughs> and we I was realized
0: like, I might sound like I'm not. I right love
2: now. the loose grip on the framework so much to go, Yeah. whether it's real or not, this is going to feel amazing. Right. The Actual like,
0: action matters. The action matters. Core, yeah. yeah.
2: And whether we agree on the why, and now that I'm continuing to do like Tai Chi and other things like the, the way that, and, you know my, my, you know way more about this than I do, but but thinking of Chinese medicine as being kind of function related rather than like literal organ related. It's like, you know, there's some areas in here that do these things and we don't really worry about the number of bits that are doing it when you're doing Qigong, for example. Mm-hmm. Your, your belief in it doesn't matter as much as your participation in it matters. That right. matters a ton. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. sort of where I landed with that. Like my participation in it is way more valuable to me than my understanding. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so we are running out of time, I think, uh, and I wanted to—I I, want to give Kendall a, a moment because he hasn't done a lot of talking this time around. So unusual! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because you shaved <laughs> off your mustache. I mean, talking talking. Oh, funny.
1: that's right. It, my my cleanly shaven face doesn't know how to keep up with the conversation. So shocking! Uh, like Samson, all of my words <laughs> were in my beard. <laughs> Swept um, away. So. Uh, Bring down I mean, the, house the only now. question I want to ask is like let's ask you the pointed question that we ask everyone. Luke, tell us about your relationship with authority. You know, talk about how it's related to religion and uh you know, is it different today than it was when you were a kid? Do you do you like having authority over others? Do you like when others have authority over you? Um, um do you pray constantly for all of your reports? Uh yes. And and uh, the tongues
2: of men and angels. Do I pray constantly <laughs> for everybody? Um my my leadership style has been described by my friends as occasionally exhausting, which is, I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to give you the context to make a decision for yourself. Hmm, and I think familiar. that comes a lot from my relationship with sort of patriarchal church authority and my not wanting to, and also from insecurity that I might be wrong. And so if I give you context and you make a bad decision and you fuck it up, that's kind of on you and not me. So there's probably some like insecurity <laughs> and like-
0: abdication, head. yeah. Absolutely.
2: And I have learned yeah. in the last few years that there are times where I need to be more explicit rather than exploratory to go, all right, I just need you all to do this and then do this and then do this. And I need to make it clear. And I, I can go into that gear, but it's not my default. My default is context. Uh, I'm terrible at doing what I'm told. I'm terrible at doing things that I don't feel a high degree of ownership in. I have to mm-hmm. care about the outcome. I can't just take on extra work because somebody asked me to do it without being like, but I want to think about it from first principles and I want to own the why of what we're doing. Um, I, I'm sure some of that's shaped by religion and some of that's just shaped by uh, unadulterated masculine ego.
0: It sounds like that some of that is shaped answer. by like the, the fact that your religion kind of failed you. Yeah. You know, that, that lack of confidence in your own.
1: Oh, that's interesting. You know,
0: uh, I wonder. Yeah. My, anyways, my so aversion you're to naughty. certainty.
2: Right. Yeah. My aversion yeah. to certainty is that to go like, I mean, probably this, but who knows? That's yeah. my answer to everything. Right. And as I, as a
0: scientist, I have the same. I have a degree yeah. in astrophysics. So it's like, you just, we just don't fucking know. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay not to know.
2: <laughs> right. But I do think the best way to make decisions is to not wait until you're sure, but to make them and then see what happens and then change your mind. So uh, it depends a lot on what's at stake, but okay. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Within, within like safety guardrails and all that. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes you go, like, should we build this product or not? Or should we, yeah. should we move here or not? Like, well, we should look at it. Or let's, let's pretend we're going to move to that place for the next two weeks and just talk about it like it's going to happen and then see what sort of worries come up. Right. And just try try those ideas on like shoes and walk around in them for a little while. So exploration, but uncertainty kind of loosely held.
1: Well, I think, I think what's interesting is that, uh, and and I'm going to tie this up in a nice pretty bow, which is like the thing that when Christians do, it drives me batshit crazy. (laughs) Uh, what? Which is why I'm going to do it. Like Jesus, are going to take us all home.
0: I'm ready well, I'm to I'm take us- it ready, like, ready, like a cat. Yeah.
1: Did we pray to end this? Oh my gosh, that'd be so good. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, I think the interesting thing is we all have this funky baggage, honestly, probably in a lot of similar ways. Like we were probably all in the same weird Sunday school classes, singing some of the same weird songs as kids. And... Um, as, as much as we have problems as a result of it, and I definitely have problems. I, I have tremendous baggage from this. It, like I am pleased with how and who it has shaped me to be today. And uh, I have pulled things out of my religious journey, maybe even more than my religion that have affected the way that I think about leadership and and authority and, you know, Luke, a lot of what you're touching on in terms of certainty, right? Like I have come from a place where, okay, this is how it's done and realized, Bullshit, that's not how it's done. Like why, why did I believe that so dogmatically and the way that that influences all of us and the way that we think about leadership, I, I just think is interesting that we have that in common.
0: Yeah, it um, shows your capability to, ch- to to open your mind, to take on mm-hmm. new information. Like you went from just taking the dogma, doing the thing, both of you, all three of us are trying really hard to realizing that you can change your mind about just about anything and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What?
2: yeah. And my my <laughs> last political conversation with my parents, who are still very conservative, and I call them y'all at them sometimes, uh, was, you know, I'm just trying to love everybody, you know, like on, at, at the political scale. Like, what is justice work, right? What is Black Lives Matter right. if not if not love at scale, right? What is justice if not love in our systems? And, and and what is leadership if not that? And so I'm like, I'm applying the things you taught me in the way you reign your restaurant, which is like- I got two hours of material on how I run software teams like small kitchens, which I will eventually write down, but also just, yeah, I'm just trying to do the things that you taught me to do outside yeah. of the yeah. system that you taught it to me. in. And so I, I, I do value that a lot. And that's why I'm, I, I don't like to just slag on my religious upbringing without saying that too. Like, yeah, it did, it did absolutely shape me. I'm just yeah, trying to do it at, at a scale. Like, like this is a great plant. that has outgrown its pot. And now I needed to plant yeah. it in a bigger pot. And I'm we're, we're disagreeing about the pot, not the thing we were growing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how yeah. dare you, as the the clay, judge the person who made you, the claymaker exactly. pot? I'm- <laughs> well, what? How did what? we get to pot? Just just so that we <laughs> end on
2: pot. I what am I'm trying to say for pot. you to edit out later is that if I can't swim after 40 days. <laughs> and my mind is crushed by the crashing waves.
1: <laughs> this is a Jars of Clay reference. Uh, anyways, okay, so Luke and I no. can Christian Rock baggage one another all day oh, long. Gosh. Um, Okay, so... To wrap up, Luke, people want to know more about you and your religious foolishness. Where can they <laughs> or, find or your you the
0: management approach? You know, um, yeah,
1: there. or yeah. or your you as a person who um, apparently is also a thing.
2: My Twitter account, which is my like 1997 AOL username, you'll love this is um, Saint Lucas S A I N T L U K A S. It is uh, it is high bullshit. I apologize for everything that's on there. Mm, the highest if, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Only the finest. Handcrafted bullshit for you, my friends. Yeah, yeah. Reach out. I'm I'm always enjoying talking about this stuff. So people should hit me up.
0: We'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for thanks so much for being being on.
2: Thanks.